Hey everyone, Dan Bronstein coming at you with uh, season three of the KiddoCast. I'm so sorry it's taken so long for me to get all this stuff up into the podcast sphere, but uh, practice, life, um, COVID, you name it, um, there's been a lot of uh, hiccups along the way. Um, but uh, I have, you know, a good dozen interviews that I've been sitting on for almost a year that are just absolute gold. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I got them out to you guys so that you could take a listen. And um, if everything goes the way that I would like it to, I'm going to record a bunch of fresh new interviews to finish off season three. I'm coming forward. So um, yes, new kiddo cast coming at you. I hope you guys really enjoy it and uh, take care. Lots of love. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Chiropractic Mastery. Wouldn't it be great if your spinal problems and misalignments could correct themselves? And if you didn't need the same thing done to you every time you visit the office, best of all, what if your chiropractor could check and tell when your body didn't need any help that day at all? MC2 chiropractors correct nervous system imbalances directly so the body is best able to correct the spinal misalignment on its own. This is done without twisting, popping, cracking, or causing pain. It's so honoring to the body that most people experience a tremendous amount of improvement very quickly, often without the soreness and stiffness that may follow a more traditional chiropractic adjustment. Your chiropractor can find out more by visiting chiropracticmastery.com and checking the seminars tab. And if you're looking for a chiropractor that will custom build the most painless yet effective chiropractic adjustment for you on every visit to the office, go to chiropracticmastery.com and click on the referrals tab. Bumper music. Hey everyone, welcome to the Kiddo Cast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative health care, particularly chiropractic care for children, by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy. Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. And guys, today for our uh, our first episode of season three, um, I thought I would bring back an interview that was done uh, last year with one of my best friends in the world, Dr. Skip Weiss. Um, for those of you guys who don't know Dr. Skip, he's got a beautiful clinic in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, he serves hundreds and hundreds of children every week in his clinic, and he is, you know, one of the probably best, most skilled pediatric chiropractors on the planet. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed um, doing it. And uh, without further ado, uh, Dr. Skip Weiss. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're live now. So we actually figured it out. Um, <laughs> sorry, everybody. A um, little bit of a, a snafu, a little scheduling snafu, but we also had some technical stuff going on today. I uh, was just telling Dr. Skip that I, um, I got everything set up. I had all this stuff like totally worked out. And then I left my laptop at home. And I live 30 minutes away from my office where all my podcasting and webcasting gear is. So I'm operating off of uh, my office laptop. So (laughs) I hope this works out. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm stoked. I'm so stinking stoked to be introducing uh, my good friend, Dr. Skip Weiss. 
uh, for the first episode of our third season of the Kiddo Cast. You know, it's been a while since we've recorded. Um, I took a little bit of a breather because I got a little overwhelmed. I had a, a lot of irons in the fire, um, and uh, I missed you guys. So here we are. We're back. We're we're bringing this this new season in with some style. And uh, you know, Dr. Skip and I are a year or two older. We've got a couple more years of experience. We've got a, some amazing cases that we've been working on. Um, so I thought it would be only fitting uh, to bring my good friend, Dr. Skip Weiss on the podcast. Hey, Skip, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Dan, man. Thank you so much for having on, me on and kicking off your third season here on the Kiddo Cast. Um, for those of you that are watching live, uh, there's Dr. Dan's podcast is stinking phenomenal, just like his practice. So you cannot not tune into that thing. So you guys, every one of you su should subscribe and get rolling with him. And man, Dan, I am so excited, especially after what went down yesterday. Um, we got yeah. a lot to talk about, brother. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because I put out a Facebook Live yesterday and it was um, it was a little vitriolic. I was a little upset. We've learned a couple things about um, about what's going on in Australia right now. For those of you guys who weren't uh, on Facebook yesterday and uh, you didn't hear what was going on, the Chiropractic Board of Australia uh, put out a, a unilateral condemnation of pediatric chiropractic adjusting uh, in the entire country. So anybody who's a licensed chiropractor in Australia is now prohibited from pre uh, performing what's called a high velocity, low amplitude adjustment on a child under the age of two. Now, Dr. Skip and I don't routinely perform HVLA adjustments on kids under the no. age of two, but from time to time, some children require that, especially with really significant severe subluxations. Um, essentially what the CBA is doing is hamstringing every single chiropractor in the country um, from performing their job. And I hope in the time that I have Skip on the podcast, uh, we'll be able to elucidate why this is such a big deal. Um, and more importantly, why it's so important that you guys get your kids checked for subluxation. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit heated and you know, it's so funny because I'm going to have Dr. Stan on in the next week and we're going to talk about some more controversial nonsense. And, uh, I, I have the feeling that uh, this season is going to be, is going to be pretty hot. We're going to have a lot of stuff going on and hopefully we can, we can help educate a bunch of people. So, um, Skip, for people who don't know you, give us a 60 second synopsis. Tell us who you are and, uh, and let's get moving. Okay. Yeah, let's just jump into it. So I'm a pediatric chiropractor in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I practice with my wife, uh, Julie. And um, to quote your your cup right there, we get shit done. Um, <laughs> we, we have a volume office. Uh, our office sees 70% children. Um, I have another associate doc, the amazing Dr. Devin Rising, who works with us as well. Um, high, Very high volume office, which most peds chiropractic offices are, just because of taking care of kids and having that energy. Um, been in practice for well over 10 years, worked with you for just short of five and, um, man, <laughs> loving every bit of it. I get a chance to speak, uh, probably six to seven times around the country at different venues and, um, different pediatric symposiums. And in fact, I get a chance, I'm going to Scotland here in June to speak at, um, to speak at the at Edinburgh, at the Edinburgh lectures. Which I just heard about that. Congratulations. That's going to be an amazing event for you. Yeah, I'm excited and um, just actually launched our own podcast, Dan, uh, Dr. Dan, we launched uh, the Prime Pediatric Podcast, which listen. is designed for the pediatric doctor to listen to, to make us better at our clinical skills, which is, which is, damn it, which is what we need to have, man. We got to keep that bar high. 
Yeah. And for those of you guys who don't know, you know, Skip and I and, you know, our, our good friend, Christina Stitcher, um, worked on a program called uh, the Prime Pediatric Program a few years back. Um, I had to step away for a couple of different reasons, but I still love Skip and Christina. They have an amazing training program. If you guys uh, are chiropractors and you're looking to raise your game and, uh, you know, perform miracles, like I know Dr. Skip and Julie do every day in their clinic, then you need to be a part of their program. So, and listen to the podcast. It's great. I, I love what you guys have performed so far. So um, let's, let's, let's dig in because this year, uh, man alive. I I've seen some crazy things in my clinic. Um, I don't, you know, it's funny. I, I, I joke about this with my other buddies who take care of a lot of kids and I, I feel like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy now, but, um, the law of attraction really works. And when you prepare yourself to handle these types of cases, these types of cases just sort of appear and, um, and so far, you know, in the first quarter of this year, it's been nothing but breakneck pace with, you know, starting with some pretty significantly sick kids who are already showing some amazing, amazing results, as we know that a chiropractic can help with. So um, I know you've got a lot of crazy stuff going on. You know, I just got a chance to visit your beautiful new clinic up in, uh, in Green Bay uh, in January. I see what you guys are doing. Um, let's talk about some of these clinical cases. And, and keep in mind, the majority of the people who are listening to this podcast are parents. These are people who are, are learning from the best of the best pediatric chiropractors so they can uh, learn a little bit about what chiropractic is, about how it works, and more importantly, so they can find a chiropractor who can help their children. So um, I don't know if you've got anything in the chamber, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you can you know, talk your, our ears off about cases. Yeah. So let's start off with, well, let's start off with something simple. Let's start off with Ben. So Ben's a nine month old little boy that came into us um, last June, last June or August, right around in there. He's nine months old and can't sit up on his own. And this is really significant because kids should be sitting up by five to six months max. They should be crawling between six to seven months and they're forward, right? And Ben's mom brought him in. Uh, her name is Marianne, absolute wonderful, amazing lady and brought him in because he was headed down the exact same road that his autistic brother went down. And his autistic brother is nine years old. And when he came in, he was completely nonverbal, um, going through some major learning transitions with his brother. But Ben is the main reason why we started this care program going on here. Now, Ben came in and he couldn't crawl and he couldn't, he couldn't sit up. Now that's really, really significant from a parent's perspective because we see kids develop through life. And you know this too, Dr. Dammer, when you have a little one, we, the, the one thing we want to see is these milestones being hit and right around five to six months, that little one should be able to pretty close to being able to sit up on their own. And then between six to seven months, they should be crawling and not, not, a, not a gorilla crawl, not an army crawl, not a rollover type crawl. No, this should be a six point crawl. That's what I call a six point crawl for the parents listening. That's feet, knees, and hands. That's what should be happening. And Marianne knew that this wasn't happening because she had been through so much training with her son, Luke, and going through so much neurodevelopment stuff with Luke from a very, 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 very young age. Ben was showing all the signs of going down the exact same route as Luke with low eye contact, he did not smile. He wouldn't vocalize anything at all. You couldn't even get him to coo, ka, smile, whatever. And so we started care with him. Now with his exam, now this is key parents when you're, when you're out there and you're looking at different chiros and trying to figure out the right ones for your families. 
ask the doc what their exam process is like. And I mean this sincerely because the exam is extremely important into actually finding what is going on with your child neurologically and why that is actually stressing them internally, which is slowing down their ability for their brain to talk to their body and run the specific simple programs that we think of as a parent, like sitting up, crawling, walking, talking, and they should all go in that order, by the way. Those are the things we need to check on. Do they do neurological checks? Are they checking the reflexes that these children are born with? You see, children are born with a set of reflexes that one, protects them when they're born, but two, gets all of their upper brain systems to the upper part of the brain where we think lower brain is what keeps us functioning on a daily basis when we're born, but the upper brain is what makes us who we are. And it's what, it's what separates the wheat from the chaff as far as making us an amazing human being, okay? And we need to check, there's a, set, there's a set amount of reflexes that children are born with and we need to be able to check for these. And you should ask your Cairo, can they check for these? Are they checking for root reflex and latch reflex? Are they checking for Gallant's reflex and Morrill's reflex, Palmer grasp, STNR, ATNR? These are all things that need to be incorporated into the exam. And if they are not, that's up to you to figure out your choice as to what you want to go down with taking care of your child and who's going to check it. Okay. You know, I'm smiling, Skip, because every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll see a patient and um, they'll, you know, shoot a picture of their baby's first check or um, they'll come in and they'll just kind of be aloof and not exactly know what chiropractic is about. And I'll glove up um, because I want to check hard palate. I'm checking root. I'm checking suckle. I'm checking all these really important primitives. And then it'll, it kind of stir a little bit of an emotion. Like why, why is the chiropractor gloving up for this type of thing? Um, and that's precisely why, because the spine is really important, but it's not the only thing we look at for the nervous system's health. Right. Right. The body, yeah. the amazing thing about the body and how it's developed is it's left a set of checks and balances throughout its entire life. And we need to be able to check that checks and balances. So if you look at it from getting any system online, we need to be able to check the program to make sure it's running perfect. That's how it works. That's how pediatric chiropractors work. And that's one of the hardest things is that nobody checks a spine in a child better than a pediatric chiropractor. I believe we're more thorough than most MDs. And I will full on say that. And I believe that we're more thorough than most pediatric, pedi pediatric neurologists because of the, the, the depth we go into taking care of a baby from their infant stage forward and making sure all these things are online. That's the key so they develop properly. And with Ben, he's lacking a gallant reflex, which means his ability to push, to move back and forth is really diminished. He had a delay, his, his birth was slow and that's because he's, his gallant reflex was affected in utero because gallant reflex actually helps the baby get out of the birth canal. So moms, if you've had a long birth, and there's an issue where baby was not coming out correct or you're very slow to come out and you had to push, there's a good chance Gallant's reflex in your little infant was off since they were developing inside you. So we have to get that incorporated. That has to come online in order for your baby to then progress to the next level of development. It just has to happen that way. And a lot of the times moms will be told they'll just grow out of it or they'll grow into something else. They just grow into more maladaptation and they grow into more dysfunction, which is not okay. And I know it's not okay with you, Dr. Dan. So with this little guy, he's lacking those two reflexes, which is what we found right away. And because of that, he's lacking a lot of 
spinal muscular tone. He's lacking tone. Okay. He's mm -hmm. not strong. He can't sit up. His core is off. He can't hold up his big, beautiful head. This kid's got a monster melon and he can't hold it up. So we know that the tone in the spine is completely off. We know that the communication between the brain and the body is off. In parents that are out there listening, you see the supercomputer that runs your entire, your child's entire body is the brain. The brain is going to control every cell from their nose to their toes. So if we don't have proper growth, that brain body connection is off. So with Ben then moving forward, we knew that he was already delayed and he's delayed mechanically. He's, he's delayed neural and he's also delayed speech as well. So now we're going to look into how do we reincorporate this and get back this back into position, doing more of an exam, checking range of motion, checking the other areas, checking hard palate, checking the way his skull is positioned. Those are all keys into making sure we know exactly what we need to do to then get that child back online and get that child back to healing exactly how they're supposed to. With Ben, it was pretty awesome. Within two adjustments, he started rocking back and forth. Within three, he was crawling backwards. Within four, he was crawling forward. And then I get, a, I get an awesome email. I get an awesome thing on Facebook two weeks into his care of his mom saying, look what he's doing. And he's crawling up steps. He's crawling up steps, dude. He's doing handover, cross crawl, up steps which is firing both sides of his brain. You could see the neurology and the, the most awesome thing then after that was as he's crawling up the steps, he turns around at his, to his mom with this giant smile and goes up, up. Dude, his, his language is coming online. Like this is, this is phenomenal. That's exactly what should be happening. Now the little cat has been with us for over six months. He's fully walking, he's talking, he's smiling, he's making full on eye contact with us. Like he is fully present. Mm. And I love to use the saying with all my moms, we're getting him online. Yeah. And parents understand online, right, Dan? They yeah. understand the online thing. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's really cool to see these quote unquote breakthroughs because that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of interesting talk lately about things like schedules of care in a chiropractic office. And um, this is probably the most, I, I think, salient thing that me and Skip can talk about when you parents are looking for a chiropractor to help your children. Uh, there is no such thing as a one-off adjustment. There's absolutely no such thing. And for any chiropractor out there who takes care of kids to purport that chiropractic care can fix or cure whatever ails you, uh, is a misrepresentation of what it is that we do. Chiropractic care is a process. It takes time, it takes energy, uh, it takes some money. Um, and it, it's, it's all about really observation more than anything because the adjustment is just a small tool that we have in our toolbox to create neurological sufficiency so that when the child goes home, their nervous system can correct the causes of these problems, right Skip? Um, yeah, I, I see, you know, I, I see this happen from time to time. Parents get really frustrated because they go to see a chiropractor. The chiropractor adjusts the kiddo once or twice, and then chiropractor doesn't work. Well, yeah, it's because your chiropractor is a dingleberry and wasn't doing the work that they should have done to correct vertebral subluxation, remove all that re uh, remaining what we call gain or interference to the nervous system to allow the brain to communicate effectively with the rest of the body and vice versa. Um, the, the real magic happens... Um, on average, the real magic starts happening at about eight to 12 weeks in my clinic. 
right? The yeah. first four weeks stink. They suck for most of my patients because we're really driving that neuraxis really hard to try to figure out where that so-called metabolic capacity is. And I've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast before. Um, but when we get to that breakthrough point and it's different for every kiddo, we start to see these incredible gains, mm -hmm. right? You're talking about language coming online. I'm reminded of a case that I'm working on right now. I, I see all that sign of parietal activation coming online at the Wernicke area and the left side of the brain where all the language is with this kiddo is not supposed to be verbal, right? I mean, it's, you see these, these centers lighting up because we're starting to activate parts that have just lined dormant for so long. And like you said, I mean, we're seeing all sorts of crazy primitive reflexes that are still latent. We're seeing all sorts of, uh, you know, tonal issues. Um, I do want to talk about this actually, because you brought up something that I think needs to be discussed on a lot, uh, you know, um, a lot, a lot more vocally, and that is hypotonia. Okay. So hypotonia, a hypotonia is, is defined as, as low tone. Okay. And, and tone is really what chiropractors found their entire practices on. So if you see like, let's say for example, low core tone in a young child, there's a good indication that things like gait and crawling are going to be affected. Head control and vestibular or balance centers are going to be offline. Um, that's also going to contribute to what we call feed forward problems from cerebellum to prefrontal cortex and back and forth, which uh, contributes to cognitive and developmental issues. Um, when you see hypotonia um, and your chiropractor should absolutely be checking for tone. That's why Skip said that it's so important for you to have a good solid exam. Um, you really need to take it seriously. I've seen too many cases over the past 24 months of kids who are hypotonic that have just been, glossed over, right? You know, their pediatrician or their specialist said they had cerebral palsy or they had autism or they had ADHD or they had sensory processing disorder or they had um, cerebellar ataxia and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah those, yeah, there absolutely is. Um, I'm not saying that we can cure these things, but, but again, if you see the things that we see, Skip and I, then you wouldn't be so doom and gloom about these kids, right? Yeah. The body just wants to express itself. I think that's one of the biggest things. And the body just wants to get online and actually start healing like it's supposed to. So any bit of clearing that we can get and get a child's nervous system clear and connected, the body's going to change. It's going to come online. It's going to start to heal. Is it going to make itself perfect? I don't know. And that is the God's honest truth. It's the body's ability to heal itself. I don't try to get in the way of it. I try to help it do its job and yeah. the body's what's doing the healing there. And if we go back to quick, Dr. Dan, talk really quick on care schedules. Most of these kids need to be checked daily. And even adults need to be checked daily to start care out. So we can make sure that the body stays connected, stays healing like it's supposed to. And then we're constantly checking that nervous system to make sure it's always online to heal. Because one of the toughest things on a nervous system is a single adjustment and then backing away and letting the person be and just saying, that's it. That's all we need. Yeah. And then not seeing them for weeks to months at a time. That is actually tougher on the nervous system because you're unraveling Pandora's box. We just cleared it out. And now the muscles are going to come back in, re -go, go back through neuromuscular habits and pull everything back out of position, yeah. change the tone again. And you just gave the body a sense of clarity for about six to eight hours, maybe 12. Yeah. And now you shut it back down again.
that's not okay to me. And that's, yeah. that's really teasing the brain. And well, and things go downhill and unravel pretty quickly. You and I have talked about this, I know, in person, because I brought some of this content when I was still working with you and Kay. Um, there are three requirements for plasticity. Specificity, intensity, and repetition. There's yeah. no other way to create habitual change in the nervous system without those three things, right? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously you need things like nutrition. You need glucose and oxygen in order to fuel the nervous system. And we have a whole host of other inflammatory issues that are in play there too. But the repetition piece is absolutely key because you're absolutely right. How often do you have a kid that you check in your clinic on day one and you blow them out? You exceed their metabolic capacity, right? I mean, all the time. I do it all the time. I warn my parents that there's a good possibility that there's a, there's going to be like a major meltdown or something that happens that indicates something's a little bit off when the kiddo goes home. That's because we're testing the system to see what kids can tolerate. And as my good friend, Dr. Steve Hoffman talks about all the time, our kids are so over aroused right now that sometimes even the most feather touch brings them to summation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The yeah. only way for us to know what that after effect is, is to check, right? Exactly. Check I mean, every day until we know that they can do this more on their own, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and that's, that's exactly it. And it's making sure we're staying on it. And the key that you're talking about there, Dr. Dan, is really important, is you're checking the child. You're not adjusting every time you see them. And if you have to, that's one thing, but checking them is key. And that's, I think, sometimes where when we talk care schedules, you and I or other doctors, is where it gets skewed is that, well, that means you're adjusting that patient on every visit. It doesn't necessarily mean that. No, we're checking the spine exactly how we've been taught for well over a century to check for subluxation, eliminate as needed, and clear the nervous system and let the body do its job. And it's the yeah. same thing. But here's the beauty with kids, and you know this, is kids react and respond incredibly quick. Yeah. And their bodies are fresh. Their nervous systems are fresh. They don't have 20 years of stress and aberrant, poor communication going on because we get to them early. And that's the key to seeing children. And that's the key to adjusting infants and newborns because it comes back to another thing too, because you hit on it and said kids, and Dr. Steve talks about it, with kids being hyper-stressed. They're born in a hyper-stressed environment. They're developing in a hyper-stressed environment, especially if mom is stressed during being pregnant. Right. And we kind of, we go into this in our podcast a little bit and I, I go down this rabbit hole because this is a tough one because if mom's hyper stressed during pregnancy from the beginning, instead of them being told that their pregnancy is amazing and fabulous and they're putting together this amazing life form and it's nothing but love and feeling instead they're told they have a 10 month old, they have a 10 month parasite in them and we need to get this thing out. Yeah. Then they're told they need to vaccinate and they're told they need to do this and they're told they need to do that. And mom is so hyper-stressed by the time that baby's born, their cortisol is so high, baby is already developed in a hyper-stressed environment. So to be quite frank, we've all heard of children being born addicted to, to chemicals, addicted to drugs, addicted to heroin, methamphetamine, it's common here in, in Wisconsin. They're also addicted to cortisol. Mm -hmm. if they're hyper-stressed. They are born, in a, they're already born pre-stressed in a pre-stressed state. And that's why it's so important that moms are under care when they're pregnant. It's why it's yeah. so important that we're allowed to take care of the most beautiful thing in life, which is a pregnancy in my mind, besides taking care of a newborn is a pregnant mom, because I have two lives in front of me. I know you feel the same way, mm. but 
the the universe is only going to bring in the patients that we're prepped for and ready for. Right. And that's a big thing from a chiropractic perspective is you, you always have to be prepped and you always have to be ready, but you need to be at the freaking top of your game, man. And you know this, and that's what we try to strive as too, is that's why we, that's why chiropractors that see the really, really tough kiddos are the ones that are really, really prepped to take care of that tough kiddo. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, yeah, the the way that you're describing it, Skip, um, I, I think it's really important. Parents listen up. Um, podcast is, has been taking a little bit of a different turn than I thought it would, but I'm so glad that we talked about this stuff. This is what I love about talking to Skip. No, no, no. This is great. This is why I love talking to you, man, because you and I think the same exact way. And when we come up with topics to talk about, we can go down that rabbit hole and just talk for hours. But Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, having you on while I have you on now, I really just want to reinforce what it means for a parent to look for the right chiropractor. You've already talked about examination. Um, I would go so far as to say that examination is really important, but not nearly as important as the history. You want to make sure that your chiropractor is taking a full comprehensive history, is sequestering birth records, is looking at every other medical record that they can find to see what's already been done, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, but more importantly, and, and, and you know, it's funny, you, you know that you know, Tony Abel and I are fairly close and Tony talks all about this all the time. If you get a parent who goes in to see a chiropractor and the chiropractor is either seeing children for free, number one, or seeing children without doing any examination whatsoever and then adjusting, not only is that chiropractor not the right fit for you, that guy should lose his freaking license. Okay. Now, Dr. Skip and I, we're not, we're not the types of people that are going to go after chiros for doing dumb stuff, but I want parents to really understand here that not all chiropractors are the same. When you see really sick kids like Skip and I do, and Skip is, he's a stinking expert. This guy is world-class when it comes to taking care of children. We start to see a lot of this fallout from other chiros who will see kids as one-off patients, and you can do more harm than good in that case. Chiropractic care is exceptionally safe unless you start to see these really sick kids on the sort of one-off basis. I can't emphasize this enough. And I know I told you, Skip, this season is going to be super controversial. And I'm sorry if there's a lot of chiropractors out there that are listening that do this, but stop it. You are hurting your parents. You are hurting your children. You're potentially making these kids a lot worse because the adjustment doesn't mean anything in a vacuum, right? The first thing I tell my parents, and I know you probably do something very similar to, to your, your parents in your clinic, Skip, is the best day of my life with these new patients that I'm seeing, these kids, is the day they don't need to be adjusted. Yeah. Right? That's where breakthroughs come through. These parents, you guys who are listening, guys, talk to your chiros. Ask them, how long do you think it's going to take once we start care for my kiddo to start clearing or holding an adjustment or not needing to be adjusted? That's where the expertise comes in. That's where these chiros who have 10 years of experience, like Dr. Skip and I, will be able to shoot you straight and say, yeah, you know, it probably happened in the first four weeks or no, it's not going to happen for six months. That's, that's, where, that's where we go down. And that's where the real magic happens with these really severe cases. Um, Skip, I want to I bounce a case off you real quick. Okay. So... Um, one of these cases that I've been working on in the past, um, oh, say about, oh, it must've been four weeks. Cause I just did another re-exam with her. Um, I, I tend to do re-exams a little bit more frequently than you do just because I, 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 I feel a little bit more certainty by doing them. I know you're an expert in this stuff, so you can space them out a little longer. Um, so I do my initial rescan, my re-exam in about four weeks. 
this kid was two years old. Um, she's adopted. Um, but she was life flighted from her birth um, up to Fresno after she was born and spent uh, something like four, six weeks in the NICU. Um, she has a G-tube. Um, she's had three open heart surgeries in the time that she's uh, been alive. Um, no cognitive uh, stuff going on, no developmental stuff there, um, but there is definitely some hypotonia in play, right? It goes back to this, um, this concept that we talked about with low tone. Tons of digestive issues. She's absolutely a cyclical vomiting kiddo. Every 22 to 23 days, like clockwork, she's thrown up for two straight days. She's drooling. She can't keep food down. She's just a complete mess. Now, in the first four weeks of care, we've already seen a huge change. She didn't stop vomiting at the three-week marker, but her symptoms were significantly lessened because we're starting to what's called pump the brakes on the sympathetic axis so that her body's able to improve gut motility throughout the course of her care. Um, and you're right. I started seeing her every day for the first at least four weeks of her care. We're probably going to start scaling her back just very slowly um, in the next four to six weeks of care. Um, but I'll still probably see her Monday, Wednesday, Thursday for the next four or five months. Um, anyway. This case is, is crazy because I've seen a ton of cyclical vomiting kids in my career. I don't know how many cases you've seen like this in your career, but I see them and they all have the exact same symptoms, exact same history, exact same stressors in their lives, and no doctors know how to fix it, mm -mm. right? They put them on Zofran and hope that it minimizes the symptoms. But then they say the same thing that I hear from most other docs who don't know what's going on. It's, oh, they'll probably grow out of it. Probably, They're right? Grow into some other crap. That's what always happens. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and consider the fact that if there's already a, a, an issue with gut motility, you better believe there's gonna be a gut permeability problem later on in their lives, which is a huge immunological problem because sure. the gut is where all the immune system lives. Never mind the fact that if there's a gut permeability issue, you're going to have a serotonin and a dopamine problem, which contributes to all sorts of other issues later on in life. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> yeah, dude, you just, you knocked that one right there because the gut is huge, but it also produces major serotonin. And if the gut is off at a very, very early age, it's going to change serotonin as they get through life. These are the kids that you're going to see either hyper stressed and always high strong, or they're going to be depressed and not want to come out of their bedrooms. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. You see a lot of medical doctors' hands are tied in this case because the only thing they, they think to do is sh shut down the vomiting. Yeah. And that's not the right way to look at it. It is okay. What's causing the vomiting to happen? Because the vomiting is a protective response. That's the thing. Your body vomits to get garbage out to protect itself. And if this child is hyper-stressed, Dan, you talked about you talked about the sympathetic neuraxis, which I understand. And, but it's fight or flight for the parents that are listening. So it's what makes you run in to protect your kid or grab your kid and take them out of your house when it's burning. That's fight or flight. But these kids are in that repetitive motion. So that's why the stomach is not digesting. Think of it this way, parents. If you're running from a tiger, you're not going to stop to poop. You're not going to stop to pee. You might puke because you're stressing your stomach out, which everybody does if they're running really, really hard. Eventually they vomit. I mean, you were a CrossFitter, okay? We've all been to that point at some point <laughs> where we've worked out so hard. I'm not a CrossFitter. Obviously, you can tell I'm built like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. I, you know, I'm over a short distance, definitely not long. Um, so, and my battle axes are my fingers. Uh, but the thing is, is that 
with these kids, they're in that hyper-stress environment. So everything is going to try to come out of the body. It's not going to stay in and you're definitely not going to digest food. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is, so this is a backwards way of thinking. We're going to try to shut down the one thing in the body that's actually trying to protect itself. And yeah. that's a food issue. So it's going to yeah. bomb. The amazing thing about the adjustment, and you know, this Dr. Dan is that it is parasympathetic and intent. Yeah. And given at the right time and given at the right stage of what needs to happen. And when we start restoring the rest and digest, that's parasympathetic. So rest and digest aspects, everything else turns on and it's going to take a long time. You said yeah. this girl was med flu was like, she was, was she, you said that she was flown by a, by yeah, a I mean, there was a ton of birth trauma involved and, and she coded on the table. So they had to life flight her up to Fresno. Um, and this happened actually more than once from my understanding of the history. I got a stack of birth records and, and pediatric records from the NICU that thick. Um, so you better trying. believe, you better believe that she's probably dysbiotic, right? Yeah. Because of the body trauma, she's, she's probably hypochloridric, which means she doesn't have enough stomach acid. Yeah. Yeah. The body's just trying to freaking stay alive at that point. Right. And it's missing that connection to run the program. So it's running in lower brain function. It's running in that lower aspect to just, I just want to stay alive. Lizard brain, like whatever you want to think about instead of thriving and moving forward. We see this, you see this a lot. And I do too. And kids that have failure to thrive and kids that don't gain weight after breastfeeding or have issues digesting food. But the, the, the myriad of events, this, the, the stage of events that this child will go through until they get proper chiropractic health so negatively affect their life from that point forward. And if we think about it, the only thing we can do that, that unfortunately medically that they can do is keep giving things to a child that restricts normal function. Yeah. Whether it's serotonin reuptake, which is an SSRI, which is most antipsychotic meds we give kids for depression or anxiety. Mm. We give them Zofran, which is designed to stop them from throwing up. We give them pepsinogen. I mean, not pepsin. We give them Pepsid AC or we give them Zantac to shut down pumps that run hydrochloric acid in the stomach. So you think of it this way. All we're trying to do is shut shit down. Sorry, but we need to turn stuff on. Yeah. That's what we do, brother. That is so freaking cool, man. I just got goosebumps because that's what we do, man. We turn things on we get things moving in the right direction. This is why when kids come in with any sort of neurological delay parents, this is why they get better with chiropractic care. This is why they get better with very, very specific, very, very intentional adjustments with somebody that knows what they're doing for your children. You know, I, um, I, I'm reminded skip, um, of a slide that I show at the end of my special appointment. I do special appointments every week now. And I, I put the slide up there because it illustrates, I think, exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's a picture of the last Medicare age patient that I, I accepted in my clinic. Because in my clinic, I kind of have a policy where I only see people under the age of 65. And it's not because I don't like people over 65. I'm not discriminatory in that way. I'm just not good at seeing older folks. Um, and, and Medicare is a bit of a, a nightmare, um, and we're not set up to, to build Medicare. So I, I gladly refer them to a couple of my colleagues within, you know, five mile radius and, and they do really well, but this one really pissed me off. Um, 
for those of you patients who, who've seen this slide, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This woman who's 66 years old, about six years ago, she came into my clinic and she was fairly altered. She had the, the cerebellar gait and she was stumbling over her words. Mm. She sits down in my, or my, uh, my consultation room and she hands me the list and the list has on it. What skip? Probably a ton of medication. There it is. Yeah, yeah. She hands me the list of all the meds that she's taking and they're all in chicken scratch. So knowing the way that I operate, you know, I'm a smart ass. I'm like, okay, do me a favor. Cause I can't read any of this. Just bring everything you put in your body every day in a bag to your next appointment. And let me look at all the ingredients. Okay. So she does in the bag. She has every supplement known to man, all garbage quality supplements, but every supplement known to man, she's got a bottle of ibuprofen, a bottle of acetaminophen. She's got a bottle of natural or herbal pain relief. She's got a bottle of prescription strength, 800 milligram ibuprofen. She's got a beta blocker. She's got a statin. She's got an anti-anxiety medication. She's got a muscle relaxer. She's got a painkiller. And this is the best one. She's got a bottle of Ritalin. She's been taking Ritalin for 30 years. And, you know, I... 30 years. 30, 30 years. Three zero. Wow. And I, I remember this vividly because this is the point where my brain broke. I look at this lady and out of all the love and compassion I can muster, I asked her, why do you take this stuff? Why do you take all this stuff? And you know what her answer was, Skip? What do you think? Because she was told to? Because my doctor told me to. Exactly. Because I know you've heard this before and I hear it all the freaking time. My doctor told me to. Does it work? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if this is going to be a good clinic for you. Let me refer you to one of my colleagues. Okay. So this whole generation, this whole baby boom generation is kind of stuck in this, in this model for reasons that I talk also about in my workshop, but it's not important to go into now. Um, but the reason that Skip and I gesticulate wildly with our arms and get crazy when we talk about this type of stuff is because Skip's got two beautiful children. And I've got an 11 year old daughter. They will never end up like this ever. And neither will any of the kids in our clinics, because if we don't do anything, our kids will have a lower life expectancy than we have. And it's already showing up in the stats and the demographics. And so we have to do something differently. Right. Um, Skip, um, dude, I appreciate the holy crap out of you, man. I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to be on my cast with me. Um, I think, I think we got to cut it because we're already going way <laughs> long. <laughs> That's what happens when you and I talk. Um, you guys should see what happens when we talk in person because it goes on for hours. Um, yeah. but I love, appreciate you. Um, I, I really wish, uh, um, you know, we'll get a chance to see each other sometime soon. I don't know. When am I going to get to see you again? Uh, I'm not sure. You should probably fly to Scotland. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I can justify it to the wife, man. We're going to be in Amsterdam hope, in August. Yeah, at Axiom, which is awesome. That's Mike Dibley's seminar. Mike is, Mike's a visionary, man. I hope you guys go over there and just kill it. Yeah. You know, soon I hope, Dan, you know, I have a huge appreciation for you in my heart and what you're doing out there in, in California and slow and what uh, Dr. Stan does down in San Diego. And, you know, it's chiropractors like you guys that are going to change the world and we need to keep pushing forward and, and keep making sure that what we stand on and what we believe in is always forefront in what we do. And that's eliminating subluxation so the body can function like it's supposed to. Yeah. Kids and in whatever generation we can see. And I, 
I get where you're coming from with, with all of this. And I, I, I love you, brother. And I'm glad I'm honored that I got to kick this off with you again. Um, I hope we didn't tick too many people off today. No, I, I don't care anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm coming up on my eighth year of practice. I don't care anymore I, because the way that I see it, Skip, is if anybody's got a problem with it, let them bring it because ain't nobody going to shine a candle to you, pal. So. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. And I think what I want to drive home the hardest is that parents do your homework for one. And number two is remember the people that are adjusting your babies are, are working on their nervous system, the most important organ in their entire body yeah. that runs everything else. They're, they're working on the mothership. And for the Kairos out there, let's just bring our A game all the time yeah. and be the best at all points and not get lethargic in what we're doing and always push forward to be the best at what we do. Yeah. There, we, our patients deserve that. Now, speaking of that, where can people find you and Kay? Oh, okay. So you guys can find us in a couple places, actually. Uh, the Prime Pediatric Podcast, that's on Facebook, and you can find that on the Prime Pediatric Podcast. It's on iTunes. That's on Google Play. It's on Stitcher. Um, it's across the board. You can find Dr. Christina's program at uh, practiceevolutionprogram.com or the Prime Pediatric Program.com. And those two areas is where you can get into our modules and our online based coaching and that kind of stuff too. But we're here to keep the bar high and to keep raising the bar. And we're here to support docs that want the support. Right. And taking care of kids is not a flavor of the month. We've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing it for eight. Taking care of kids is vital. Yeah. And it's who's going to be taking care of us. I want my chiropractor to be damn amazing when Julie and I can no longer bring our hands up in the air to adjust each other. Right. And that'll probably be when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny. Britt and I were talking about our retirement plan and I'm just like, you know what? I I'm, I'm, I'm cool doing this for the next 60 years. I'm, I'm good. Um, especially if I have to take care of kids, so I don't have to blow my shoulder out every time I adjust. Um, exactly, brother. And, and that's the other thing too, is I think another, an awesome podcast for you or another avenue for you to talk about is I think you should really go into HVLA adjustments, Dr. Dan and yeah. talk about high velocity, low amplitude thrust, which in children, we got a long road to go down there, but there are so many other amazing techniques, yours in general with MC2 with Dr. Steve, mm -hmm. that it's an analysis and an understanding how to apply that analysis to the spine to get the amazing tonal change as to what you two are doing mm. is vital. Yeah, you know, it's funny, the, the, the more hypervigilant kids get, the less is needed. Um, and that's a good segue uh, for any docs who are watching or listening um, and you want to learn more about MC2 and tonal pediatrics. Uh, this year, we're blowing the doors off. There's, we're going on a world tour. Steve and I are going to be in Hong Kong. We're going to be in Melbourne. We're going to be uh, in Amsterdam. I'm probably going to be in Copenhagen sometime at the end of August. We're going to be in Chicago. We're going to be in Nashville. We're going to be in St. Louis. We're going to be in Minnesota. We're going to be in yeah, I don't even remember. There's a ton of dates. So go to chiropracticmastery.com check the seminar box, see when we're coming to your area um, and, and come and learn uh, some MC2 and some tonal. Um, that's my shameless plug. And uh, I hope I'm going to see a bunch of you guys there. Dr. Skip, I love and appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Let's, uh, let's, let's get together soon. Okay. Absolutely. Can't wait. I love you too, brother. All right, buddy.